Republicans say no to Trump's drilling plans. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. A massive winter storm hit the U.S. East Coast last week, bringing freezing temperatures and snow from Florida to Maine. The storm was a result of a bomb cyclone, or bomb genesis, which NOAA describes as a storm that intensifies as the barometric pressure drops rapidly over 24 hours. And in this case, a cold air mass from the north collided with warmer ocean waters. Typically, the frigid air is locked around the North Pole, but the pattern broke and the cold air headed south. According to the Associated press. The reason for this is hotly debated. Jason Furtado of the University of Oklahoma said that it is probably a mixture of human-caused climate change and natural variability. He added that global warming has not made the polar pattern more extreme, but has made it seem more severe due to its movement. While the central and eastern U.S. have been very cold, the rest of the planet was almost one degree Fahrenheit warmer than normal last week, and the Arctic was more than six degrees higher. On Tuesday, the temperature in Anchorage, Alaska, reached 48 degrees while it was 19 in Boston. The first weeks of December last year were the second warmest ever in Fairbanks with temperatures 20 degrees above average. Dry weather in the western U.S. is raising concerns about drought along the Colorado River Basin and other areas. Snowpack, which supplies much of the runoff to fill reservoirs, is very low. For December, snowfall was 20% below average in some areas, according to the Associated Press. And last Thursday, the total snowpack was only 65% of normal. These numbers have led to some dire predictions for the Colorado River, which supplies about 40 million people with water. Runoff in the basin this spring may only be about 55% of average, and the low snowpack could affect other river basins that flow east out of Colorado, including the Arkansas and the South Platte. Brian DeMonicos of the Natural Resources Conservation Service told the Denver Post that the area still has more than half of the snow season remaining, and conditions could change, but it is unlikely to make up for the current deficit. The Trump administration announced last week that it's going to allow oil and gas drilling in almost all U.S. coastal regions, including the Arctic, Atlantic, and Pacific Oceans, as well as the Gulf of Mexico. Many of those waters had been protected for a long time, and some were recently set aside by President Obama. E&E News reports that Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke said that the move was a start to looking at American energy dominance. He added that opening up the massive areas to drilling will deepen his department's commitment to environmental stewardship because they do it right. There was swift reaction, not just from environmental groups, but even from some in Trump's own party. A spokesman for Maryland Republican Governor Larry Hogan told the Washington Post that the governor has instructed his attorney general to take any legal action necessary to prevent the exploration. Republican Governors Chris Christie of New Jersey and Rick Scott of Florida are also opposed, and the Democratic governor of North Carolina said the move was a critical threat to the state's economy. Governor Jerry Brown, Democrat of California, said in a statement that his state would do whatever it takes to stop what he called a 
reckless and short-sighted action. Zinke said the plans were just a draft and that states would have a say in the final decision. And in related news, Zinke has recommended to the president that the size of three marine monuments, one in the Atlantic and two in the Pacific, be downsized or at least opened up to commercial fishing. The monuments harbor unique species and are a wealth of biodiversity, according to Jane Lubchenco, a past administrator of NOAA. She told The Guardian that there are plenty of other places to fish in the ocean other than these protected areas. The three marine monuments currently comprise areas more than three times the size of California. In a surprising move, the Brazilian government announced last week that it's going to stop building large hydroelectric dams in the Amazon basin. Brazil gets about 70% of its electricity from hydropower, and mega dams were being planned in the Amazon. There was much opposition from indigenous peoples and social movements, prompting large anti-government demonstrations. Paulo Pedrosa of the Ministry of Mines and Energy told O Global newspaper that the government has to respect the views of society, which has reservations about these big projects. But Manga Bay News reports that there may be other reasons for the government's policy change, including a decrease in political influence of large construction companies, which is likely caused by corruption scandals and a decline in Brazil's economy. And finally, there have been health trends over the years that promote natural over processed foods, claiming they preserve vitamins and nutrients, contain enzymes that make them easier to digest, and are free of dangerous toxins. But as the New York Times reported, there's a new trend in San Francisco that has health experts worried. Say hello to raw water unfiltered, untreated, unsterilized spring water. It's so popular with health-conscious Bay Area consumers that one brand, Live Water, selling for nearly $37 for two and a half gallons, is often sold out. Supporters distrust tap water, partly because of added fluoride as well as concerns about lead pipes, but they also contend that water treatment removes beneficial minerals and healthful bacteria, something they call water probiotics. But the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the EPA, and various health departments caution they could also be getting a mouthful of farm waste runoff, septic tank spillover, chemicals, and pesticides. While water systems in the U.S. have had issues with crumbling infrastructure and ongoing risks of lead leaching from pipes, all in all, says David Jones of Harvard Medical School, we have an incredibly safe and reliable water supply, And he added, treatment is likely responsible for increasing life expectancy during the 20th century by 30 years. Observers hope that the raw water movement will be a passing fad, and instead, money will be spent not on pricey trends, but on safer water and infrastructure for all. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, bringing together the best and brightest minds in the water sector at ACE 18. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash ACE 18.